Hi, this is Chantal from the future. Please excuse the audio in this episode. We were still figuring out our equipment. If you'd like to skip to an episode with better audio, you can go ahead to episode three or later. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Unsighted, the internet's least reliable English lit podcast. I'm your second favorite host, Chantel. And I guess that makes me your favorite host, Amy. Um, we are really excited to be bringing you a super niche English major topic today, an author that you may not have heard of, but you should definitely check out. An author that's so prime new meat that almost nobody talks about him. Very fresh. Very fresh meat. Fresh and hip. Some might also call him hip, yes. (laughs) So we're going to be discussing a play today. Um, Stop me if this sounds familiar. So there's two twins. They're named Viola and Sebastian. And in order to overcome some of the hardships of being a woman and gain the benefits of her brother's part of society, Viola dresses up as a man. Um, She moves in with this guy, Duke Orsino, and she starts to like him, but he likes this girl named Olivia, so he kind of hires her as his professional wingman, and so she tries to woo Olivia for him, but then Olivia falls for her as a guy, and then shenanigans happen, and her brother Sebastian comes back, and everyone figures out who everyone is. Yeah, I've never heard of this before, Chantel. Is She's the Man? Oh, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I didn't know we were doing movies now. <laughs> yeah, it's the plot of Twelfth Night by our boy Willie Shakes. Super avant-garde, guys. We, uh, we've never talked about something as commonplace as Shakespeare before, so, uh, you know. You don't, I don't think any English majors ever talk about this guy. No, I think Shakespeare is really like underground in the English lit world. I think uh, he's really underappreciated and underrepresented, you know? He needs more airtime. That's what he needs. He does. And need that's more what we're going to give him today. <laughs> this is not the radio, Chantel. You don't like my airtime joke? I think it would be better suited as being called, you know, like good bandwidth. I don't know. I'm not an internet guru. <laughs> I'm not an influencer. Not yet. No, but I will influence people on liking this play, which was tastefully adapted into She's the Man. This is one of your favorite Shakespeare plays, right, Amster? It's one of, it's probably, it's up there. Um, so what happens is sometimes you write essays about plays and you think you like them and then you write about pretending and performance and you end up, <laughs> you end up hating not only the play, but also yourself. Yeah. What's the difference between performing and pretending again? Um, so performing has to do with like putting like an air for others to like receive, whereas pretending is more of a farce and more for like yourself. I still don't know the difference. You know what? Do I actually know the difference? No. Um, have I written it down in multiple different essays? Yes. Is it the same? Did everywhere? you know the difference when you wrote the essays? Also, probably no. No. So I think what depends, though, is that, like, you can pretend things all on your own. You know, like, I can pretend to like tomatoes. I really love tomatoes. That's a bad example. I can pretend to love, like, (laughs) capers, you know? But if you, like, like, just for myself, because I'm like, oh, they're in the fridge. I need to eat something. I'm like, ugh, 
I, I guess I like these, you know, like I have to try to pretend to like these. However, if I go to like an Italian restaurant, such as Parmigiano, and the lovely waiter tells me that I'm getting the seafood special, and it has capers in it, I'm gonna perform that I like them extra special so he doesn't come over to me and be like, hey, you didn't eat your capers, you have to eat your capers now. And then I have to be like, <laughs> You're gonna perform the role of a gourmand. Yes, it's kind of like, you know, drinking red wine. I hate it, um, but I have a bottle in my house, so I'm gonna perform myself drinking <laughs> the red wine and enjoying it like a fancy motherfucker. Like a, like a sommelier mm. of sorts. Yeah, I'm so pretentious that I told my partner to open the bottle before I cooked with it so it could decant because the wine <laughs> needed to aerate. That's not a thing. Apparently it is. Apparently you need to like let your red wines breathe because it has to do with like the tannins or something. It's just making up words now. You're making up words. Just like Shakey. Shakey loved to make up words. He did love to make up words. Um, tannins is a real word, but you know. So you say. So I say, and you know, that's what Shakespeare told himself as well when he invented insert words here. Dude. Dude is one. Is it? I think. I don't know. I could Google it. Meh. Meh. Somebody look it up. I mean, I probably will. So what I really like about this play is it's the gayest play that our bisexual icon Willie Shakes could get away with at the time. Uh, Amy has thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I would not say that it's his gayest play. I think it's it's up there in like queer readings you could have for Shakespearean plays. Um, okay. I do think that the queerest one, if I can, I can use that word, right? I'm permitting you. Thank you. I think like the queerest play that he has, in my opinion, is um, As You Like It, because it actually has like a makeshift pretend wedding um, between two men. Oh. Well, I mean, it's it's a girl, so it's it's a boy actor pretending to be a woman, and he's pretending to be a boy who's pretending to be herself and performing and performing and then there's the wedding and the wedding is performed as in present tense but this is not the queerest play that is as i like it i should read that yeah you probably should have by now (laughs) (laughs) all things considered with the amount of time you've had to like edit my essays about it you probably should have the rundown of what it looks like by now i basically forget everything (laughs) About everything. So it would be just me going in with fresh eyes. So um, according to Grammarly, words invented by Shakespeare, bandit, critic, dauntless, dwindle, elbow as a verb, as in to elbow someone, (laughs) green-eyed to describe jealousy. Mm, Like the green-eyed monster? Yes. Um, Lackluster is from As You Like It. Uh, Lonely, skim milk. Although I doubt it has anything to do with skimmed milk. And also, swagger. I love him so much. I love all of these. He's so good. Who invents the word lonely? I love him. I mean, who's like, alone? I am a lonely. Our boy Willie shakes. But yeah, this is a bit, like, it's, a, it's an up there queer play. Um, and I think... A lot of this has to do with its representation of drag. Yeah. I mean, okay, so you mentioned that it's boy actors playing 
the women. But to get a full feel for what that is, women weren't allowed on the stage because it was some sort of ridiculous, like they needed to stay home and like whittle their children into cakes or something. I believe the Um, term is rearing (laughs) children, but yeah, sure, let's go Titus Andronicus on this and put them into cakes. (laughs) Yeah. That's a really deep cut of English lit going all the way to like the opus and stuff. Yeah, deep cuts. We're We're going going deep deep here. We're taking a deep dive. Uh, Yeah, so it was young men playing all these women. So um, if you're going to a play about uh, Viola cross-dressing as a man, it would be a man playing a woman playing a man. So a man is playing a man, well, sort of. Well, it's a boy playing a woman playing a man. So like these man, these boys are like performing manliness. Yeah, right. Because it's also like she's not that good at performing. She really is as a man because like her voice is higher, and then she's just like, oh yeah, I'm a eunuch and fair because they were boys and like prepubescent at that point usually, or you know they were actual eunuchs. She's just sitting there like, ask her if she likes cheese. <laughs> I do like gouda. It's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> what happened um gruyere is a great cheese not important putting it out there though this is just amy's sommelier <laughs> and food recommendations this podcast become a wine and cheese board podcast uh what's that what's the wine and cheese board called no it's, it's not little... called the charcuterie charcuterie specific no it's charcuterie has meat on it eh, do we actually care about words for an english major i mean fair i guess yeah so what happens with like this whole like drag thing is that it creates a bunch of like layerings um which creates a bunch of jokes for both then eras and now era viewers um or readers if you aren't down to watch the plays like that's a that's a life pro tip that i want to share with the youths yes share your wisdom with the youths of today (laughs) one no get an english degree no i'm joking um no but uh so when you like get into like a drama class whether it be like a current drama class or like a you know shakespearean drama class um always view the plays that are assigned to you instead of reading them because they're meant to be performed and you'll get a lot more of it especially with shakespeare you'll get like the scene direction you'll actually like be able to see who's in the room when it happens you know um (laughs) no copyright laws (laughs) so you know that's something that like you'll be able to like you know give a get a better understanding of like if it's a like current play like i know that um in one of my classes we had to read um what is it called billy bishop goes to war um and we watched the cbc we watched the cbc production about this um and has the guy oscar from corner gas in it great play so that was something that was a lot more fun to like see because like there's a plane in it and you really get a feel of like you know this old senile man um so pro tip kids youths young blooming english majors view the things that are assigned to you when you can you're not cheating also if you have the choice between reading like 12 books for a class or taking a drama class take the drama class you will thank yourself later as long as it fulfills your program requirements it's actually really fast to read a play, I find, because there's so much empty space on the page. Like, you're flipping pages so fast. Like, I, um, so I told a lot of students because, like, I did some advising for, like, a university once. And a lot of students were like, oh, I don't want to take me the poetry one. I don't really like, like, drama. I don't want to read Shakespeare. And I was like, whoever said you had to read it? And then they would look at me, like, befuddled. <laughs> and I was like, just, it'll be faster. Okay, like, you're, like, you're a chemistry student. Like, you don't have the time to read 12 books. You do have the time, 
to watch like 12 two-hour plays. Yeah, what's that? 24 hours? Just stay up for a whole day? You're done. You're good. You're golden. I mean, that's that's the Amy way of doing things, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's a classic Amy move. To read 11 novels in 14 days. Classic Amy. Healthy. Like, I remember, like, at the end of that, I just, like, looked at my roommate at the time and I was like, what is it like to be a person? <laughs> and she was like, I don't know, but you look crazy. I'm assuming the roommate was not me at this point. No, it was during my master's degree. I, like, had all my readings for, like, the semester and I was like, I'm going to do them all. And I did them all. You are nuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to, like, read and write at the same time. I don't have the time for that because you also have a bunch of articles to read and research to do and you have... To like go through a lot of chaff to get to the cream. That's an English expression I don't really understand. I really don't think it is. (laughs) It is though. (laughs) Is it? Yeah, I think. Is it from Shakespeare? (laughs) Ah, fudge sickles maybe. You don't know. No, it's it's a thing. Like you have to like skim off the chaff to get to the cream because the cream is at the bottom and the chaff is like the weird milky water thing. I don't know. I'm not a milk dairy farmer person. Who among us is? I mean, I did have a uh, person when I was doing my master's degree who was a dairy farmer. She was pretty cool. If you are a dairy farmer and you're listening to this, drop us an email. We will link it in the description and you let us know if you need to get through the chaff to get to the cream. Please. We need all the help we can get. Google is not going to cut it. That's true. Okay. So the opening of Twelfth Night. Yeah. We open out on the famous line, if music be the food of love, play on. Yeah. And then you find out that that line is from Duke Orsino. Yeah. The ultimate fuckboy. Yeah. He's not in love with anybody. He's just been pursuing this lady who's not interested in him for what, like seven years? Like he's very in lust with the idea of being in love. I think that's like something like is really important right now like in this like online dating dating age you know minus the pandemic whatever um lol uh sometimes you have to laugh through the tears guys oh no um but yeah no so a lot of people like they'll go on these dating apps and they're like oh my god i love him and i'm like "Mm, no i think you're i think you're in lust with him like you're infatuated with him and this is a play about infatuation um like we have duke who's like infatuated with the idea of being in love we have olivia who's infatuated with cesario because at least he's not Duke Orsino. We have Sebastian who just like straight up marries a girl at the end who's like he hasn't met before. He's met her that day yeah. and they get married like that day. If that's not like infatuation, if that's not lust, I don't know what it is. Speaking of all this lust. Yeah. You're excited for where I'm going with this, I bet. No, always. Who do you think is the hottest character in Twelfth Night? Okay, are we talking about Twelfth Night or are we talking about she's a man? I'm talking about Twelfth Night. I'm talking about the Shakespearean play where everyone was wearing like suit coats or whatever, waistcoats. I don't know what they wore. I mean, I'm pretty sure in the version of Twelfth Night that is more current, um, Kenneth Branagh plays someone. (laughs) So there's something to be said there, probably. I think out of the women, Mm. it's Olivia. Because Olivia has got so many dudes after her. Duke Orsino's been in lust with her for seven years. She has had to pretend that she was in mourning perform, for those seven perform years. grief in mourning. She, she walked out with a yellow coat one day and took off her black coat. And then she saw the Duke standing there with a little harpist cord. And she was like, ah, heck it. And she walked back inside. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. The clowns of the play, like Maria... Mariah. Ugh. It's gonna be Mariah. It's gonna remain Mariah. It was I'm 
upsetting spaghetti that it is, though. I know, I know you hate it, but it's the truth. Like the name Mariah at the t- Maria at the time was pronounced Mariah, even if it doesn't have an H at the end. It just sounds so new. It sounds too hip. Yeah, well, it's like the name Tiffany. Tiffany is like an olden name, but like it sounds like an '80s name. Also, oh my god, my name Amy is in. Oh, fudge, is it? It's either in Pamela or in Tom Jones. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. I can buy that. Yeah, so Amy is an olden name, which is neat because I thought it was also just from the 80s. But yes, Mariah. Okay, so Mariah and Sir Toby and somebody else trick Malvolio, who is like Olivia's butler, into thinking that Olivia's into him. Yeah. And they make him do all this ridiculous stuff because he's into Olivia too. Because everyone's into Olivia. Like they make him wear yellow stockings and he's like this serious butler guy. Like he's like a Downton Abbey butler. And then all of a sudden he's on these like weird knee-high socks thing. Um, But I think like what's funnier there is it's also a class thing. Like, dude, if she won't freaking marry the Duke, she ain't gonna marry you. I mean, he's probably better than the Duke, though, if we're being real. Well, not for her social standing. Like, one of the reasons she's doing all of this is because she's like, I don't want to give up my social standing because I'm an independent <laughs> woman. Um, so, you know, there's yeah. something there that's important, probably. Yeah, he's really, I think he's mostly into rising above his class because that's where the, the super famous line comes from. Um, some are born great. Some achieve greatness and some have greatness thrust upon them. Which, you know, she's a man grossly gives to Orsino, well, to do, which I think is hilarious. Because <laughs> it's about, like, it's like this, like, you know, pre-final soccer match, like, you know, pump up team captain speech, you know, a la Braveheart, um, where he's all like, <laughs> you know, we achieve greatness. And then, like, you go to the actual original text and you're like, oh. It's actually just, like, the jokey part. It's, like, the part where how we're going to laugh at this poor guy for wanting to have Olivia's greatness thrust upon him. What did you call it earlier? Um, I think you said it was Shakespeare's shitposting. Yes. Yes. Shakespeare's <laughs> shitposting. Yeah, it was kind of just, like, you know when, like, you're, like, writing an essay at, like, 2 a.m. and you're, like, five people in a room and you have, like, a live stream of, like, an old hockey game playing on the projector that you hijacked? Uh, yes, everyone can relate to this relatable, <laughs> very specific situation. <laughs> and then you're just, like, saying shit that, like, nobody's ever gonna, like, pay attention to ever again in their life. But, like, you know, four years later, you're still laughing about it in the group chat. <laughs> That's kind of what's going on. What if they invented scissors because they had to cut hair? Chantel on night quill. On the quills. On the quills. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah. (laughs) so everyone's into olivia long story short and that's why i think olivia is probably the hottest of the women now of the men i mean can i just say though that like olivia does have a lot of big dick energy simply because she has so much money and she's so good at pretending and performing her grief for others like her maid knows like this whole like grief thing is a play on like you know the world but, like, she's still doing it. And, like, everybody's on board with this. They're like, yeah, she's grieving. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, not to discount, like, anybody else's grief. Because, like, who grief. Big hurdle. But, like, also. It's, just, it's quite accepted by Olivia and everyone else in the play that she's just trying to keep her status and money and doesn't want to marry this annoying dude. Yeah, it's kind of like she's accepted it. And then all of a sudden it's like, ooh. She's like, you know what? I'm good. I think I'm actually... 
I'm I'm starting to feel okay. Ugh, it's this guy again. Yeah, it's literally like this girl who's like, you know, she's got her life sorted. She knows what she wants to do. And then there's this fucker where she slides into her DM. And she's like, okay, all of a sudden I have a cold. <coughs> you know? <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to go have this cold for seven years. Well, it's like I saw this post on like um, our um, Tinder the other day. Where this guy was like, yeah, you want to like meet up? And this girl was like, oh, sorry, I just got out of the hospital. I have COVID. And he was like, either I have the shittiest luck or like she's using COVID as an excuse. <laughs> so that's fun. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, man. I, like if yeah. if you got to perform COVID, that's what you got to do. If you got to dress up as a man named Cesario because you landed on an island and you can't get a job as a woman and no one's going to let you live by yourself that's what you gotta do these ladies are killing it in this play i love them yeah i mean i think a lot of this has to do with like their resiliency also like you don't go seven years grieving and like dodging duke orsino without being freaking resilient yeah and like you don't go from like losing your brother like a day ago in a shipwreck to just being like well i just gotta do what i gotta do like without having like immense amounts of resiliency yeah that's what happens in the play um in she's the man obviously her brother just goes off and is like playing music in europe or something and she wants to play soccer yeah he's just like yeah i'm outie i'm done with this i'm done with this prep school illyria prep wink wink nudge nudge it's the name of the island in the play if you didn't get that reference but um yeah she she goes and plays soccer at his prep school but in the play she thinks he's dead like she thinks he died in a shipwreck. Like, he's lost at sea. Yeah. So, yep. back to my original ranking of the hotness. Who's who's your hot man? So, I think Duke Orsino thinks he's the hottest man. Well, of course he does. He's a duke. <laughs> Obviously. Um, the hottest man is Sebastian. Because he looks like, a, like Viola. Yeah. He compares himself to Viola a lot. They do look a lot alike. But also, he gets... The woman that everyone's into. He marries Olivia at the end. And also Antonio is so into him. Yeah, I think that's a fair, like a fair assessment of it. Like he's just like, he's the good guy. Like, you know, in like Easy A. Another Amanda Vines adaptation. Yeah. <laughs> um, like Penn Bagley or whatever his name is, who plays great serial killers, apparently. Um, <laughs> it's a very specific set of skills. Yeah. Um, he's just like a really nice guy who's just like, He's there for Olive. You know, he's just good. He's just like chill. He has nice arms. You know, it's fine. Oh, I know who you're talking about. The love interest. Yeah, the love interest who is not the guy who's like, I'm going to pay you after I take you out for lobster rolls. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, Sebastian is like just a genuine like boy next door. Really nice, really kind and understanding and loving and probably super cute. Yeah. Yeah. We love him. Yeah, we do. And I love their relationship. I love his and Antonia's relationship. They're so sweet together. They are. And like part of this is like really like, you know, we have the like male, like car- like non-carnal love, so to speak, um, that was really, really important at the time and like really well regarded and was like, so you had like your bro love, you know, like your bromance was above your romance. Yeah, it was like a like a carryover from Roman and Greek times. Yeah, because like, you know, you'll fall in love with this chick, she'll have your kids, she might die, whatever, you replace her because you need somebody to rear all these kids, but you don't oh, replace no. your bro. Bros for life. Bros 
before hoes. This podcast does not commend calling women hoes. We're talking about the garden implement. Yes. Bros before gardening. Gardening is a feminine thing. Probably. I don't know. I don't garden. That's false. I have plenty of plants. So I think there were these two ladies, speaking of um, historians going back and thinking that couples were just friends. Hashtag just friends. Hashtag gal pal. Hashtag gal pals five ever. Hashtag they were roommates. Oh my god, they were roommates. Where was I going? Oh, there were these two women and... Um, one of them kept getting proposed to for marriage and she kept saying no to all these guys and then she ran away with her quote friend and they moved into a house together and just gardened and got cats and made clocks and all the historians are like wow they were such good friends way to subvert the system no they were a couple if that's not the the lesbian agenda i don't know what is the lesbian agenda is gardening with your clocks and your cats i can just imagine like the women who like ladies listening to this podcast suddenly becoming like oh yeah i want to start making clocks (laughs) like Chantel, do you want to start making clocks i kind of do i have so much time on my hands now it could be a new hobby yeah so i Found on this subreddit today called Brocheting. Brochet? Yeah. Mm. It's guys like making, like bros, which can, it's a, here used as a gender neutral term. Um, but like bros <laughs> is like crocheting. So it's called brochet. Um, and you just, like, that's the equivalent, you know, to clock making. I kind of love, though, how like all these things that guys do, they need to just make it seem more manly. It's all it's already a gender neutral activity. <laughs> but like there's already like there's a bunch of like women who are also on that subs, like they're also bros. I think it's more like, you know, you just make things it's kinda like the differentiated from like, you know, old people crochet. <laughs> Cause like I saw someone who like made a bong cover. Oh yikes. Yeah. Um and another one just like made like a crochet stuffy bong. So like it's not necessarily like a safe for work subreddit. Um, but some other people made really cute ghosts and stuff. Anyways, shout out to the people on that subreddit. Um, you entertained me for an hour today. <laughs> so yeah, brochet is uh, is the equivalent to ladies making clocks. That's kind of cute. I'm kind of into it. I bet Viola would be on the brochet subreddit. Yeah, she totally would. She's totally a bro. Yeah, she's a bro. One of the guys. She's just like, you know pulling back some cold ones or whatever you do on a Saturday night. I don't know. I listen to a lot of country music. <laughs> Eating like she has a secret. Yeah, with her mouth fully open. If you haven't seen um, She's the Man, it's a, an excellent adaptation. The characters are spot on. Um, it was made when it was still socially acceptable to ask teenage students to pull down their pants to prove their gender. So maybe, like, skip that part, but... (laughs) That part is the end. This is the end. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Sebastian pulls down his pants and Viola flashes a stadium full of people, including her parents. It's a weird scene. It's a really weird scene. However... It was always a weird scene. Um, you know, there's also other weird parts where, like, instead of just, like, you know, hiding her tampons... She just has them, like, lying about, and then Duke is like, yo, what are those for? Like, are you, like, a girl? And she's like, no, I use them for my nosebleeds. You see, you just pop one in, and then, like, you know, 15 minutes later, he's, like, on the bed with, like, a tampon in his nose. I get really bad nosebleeds. You know, when I was a kid, um, 
and I was like traumatized by having my period because you know traumatic experience I was like why can't I just like bleed from my nose for an hour Because those are equivalent things. Well, I mean, the blood in my head, like, the blood just had to, like, come out of me. Like, I didn't fully understand, like, the uterine lining properly. Because, <laughs> you know, I was Victor Frankenstein. I was getting nosebleeds every day for a while because I got hit in the face with a soccer ball. And then the same day, I got hit in the face with a basketball. See, I've never had a nosebleed. What does that mean? What is that like? Um, It means that I just have, like, good nose pores. Or something. Maybe your nose caught on fire and it's pre-cauterized. Um, but yeah, everybody, look, uh, if you don't feel like, you know, spending two and a half hours watching the BBC version of this play, just spend an hour and a half watching She's the Man. What else is similar? What are the similarities and differences between these two things? I mean, the differences are definitely that, like, the Sir Toby and Mariah plotline is non-existent. Mm. No. Like, Mariah. It's, not, it's not really there. I do think they call her Maria in the She's the Man, though. So Is there a Maria? Well, no, I think she's played by Agnes. I don't remember. Um, but she ends up with Toby. Like, her analog ends up with Toby. Oh, they end up together in the play, too. Maria, Mariah, and Toby, right? Yeah. At the end? Yeah, they have, um, they have a wedding. I believe it's the only... It's off screen, though? I'm into it. I'm down for it. Oh, they call her Eunice, but she's she's really Mariah. She's the one with the headgear. She's the one with the headgear. She's um called the nerdy and eccentric class me with weird sexual fantasies. This is a very odd and specific description. Yeah. Viola does not dress up as Sebastian in the original play. No. She dresses up as Cesario. In She's the Man, she dresses up as Sebastian. But... They do go to a pizza place called Cesario's. Yes. So uh has no relation to Caesar salad. <laughs> Which is <laughs> only a little bit Italian. Uh, it's more... It's, so, you know, Illyria is like somewhere in Greece or Roman-esque places in Shakespeare land. Um, so it makes sense that, like, their pizza place is called Cesario, you know? Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. In so many senses. <laughs> Um, my wine is grapey. Are you drinking your wine currently? Yes. <laughs> That's why we're like this. This is why we're like this. People, if you want to meet us when we're not like this, you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait until we make a cited podcast. One with an outline where we're a lot more boring. <laughs> Other similarities include... It's a romantic comedy. Oh, Yeah. It is a romantic comedy. I mean, that was not a designation, but it was a comedy and it was romantic. Yeah, well, the play was a comedy because, like, you know, it ended in a wedding. Like, it had tragedy at the beginning. Oh, no, shipwreck. But, like, it's a comedy because, like, it ends in weddings. Yeah, and uh, and there's shenanigans along the way. We all had a good time. We all laughed. Yep. We had some lols, some funny ha-has. Some also <laughs> not funny ha-has. Some funny is just like, oh, interesting. And like, whereas She's a Man is like the definition of a teenage rom-com. Yeah. It was like one of Amanda Bynes's three major adaptations that I remember. There might be more. One of Amanda Bynes's most famous movies in general, I think. Peak Amanda Bynes. Peak Amanda She was in her prime. Yeah, totally. Like, right now I don't think she's acting anymore, which I fully respect. Like, the world is a... Uh, dumpster fire like i like her yeah 
I always liked her. I think she is the adaptation queen, though. I put her in league with, like, Julia Stiles, who did um, 10 Things I Hate About You, which is based on Taming of the Shrew. So, like, she's up there. She's got this, which is an adaptation of Twelfth Night, yeah. and then she's got Sydney White, which is an adaptation of Snow White, which was my that. favorite movie for, like, three years. I love it so much. Yeah, and then she was in Easy A. She was Easy A, and she weirdly became... Like, the the character that's always her opponent in all the other movies. Yeah, like, she went from, like, being, like, the main character to being the main bitch. She went from being, like, the main, the brunette, one of the guys character to being the blonde villain, which was such a set of characters in the mid-2000s. I mean, the mid-2000s was nothing if not heavy on the stereotype. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You know, we would have never been friends in a 2000 movie. Because you're blonde? Yeah. And I've got brown hair? Yeah. And your That's hair probably is, like, be true. short. Yeah, I would totally be one of the guys. Yeah, and I would totally be, like, one of the, like, preppy ones. But it turns out we're just both nerds. <laughs> Whereas we met in 2013. Yeah. So we got there much faster. Much faster. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh is the king of all... Shakespeare adaptation. I really don't know who you're talking about. I'm gonna look this person up right now. He's playing Gilderoy Lockhart. Oh, wait. Was he Henry V? Uh, I don't remember, but I know he was Hamlet. Yeah, he's Henry V in Henry V, 1989. Yeah, like he's been doing Shakespeare since five ever. Oh my god, he's in like everything. Henry V, Much Ado About Nothing. Yeah. Hamlet. He directs a lot of them as well. He is crushing these Shakespeare adaptations. Yeah. He's in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Really? Yeah. Oh, look at that throwback. <laughs> throwback to one whole episode ago. Yeah, so he's in Othello, um, Hamlet, Love's Labor's Lost. So basically, if you take a Shakespeare class, you have lots of options and you can just watch... Gilderoy Lockhart play every character. You really can. So a lot of the adaptations from the BBC are like old as like balls. But you know you have a pretty good one when Kenneth Branagh is somehow involved. Yeah, no, I can I can buy that. Yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Mopping up what I'm still in. Yeah. But I think Amanda Bynes up there. Helena Bonham Carter is also pretty good with the adaptations. Such as such as Twelfth Night. Um, admittedly, She's the Man is the only Twelfth Night adaptation I've ever seen that was not actually on a stage. Really? Yeah. Huh. Like, I've seen it with this theater company that's really cool that does plays specifically for, like, high school classes going on field trips. That's their main target audience. So they're purposely playing up the comedic elements of the comedies, which is what everyone should be doing because that's what Shakespeare would want. Right. He would want Shakespeare, the master of shit posts, would want his place to be funny. Right. So like they're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna poke you with my sword. Wink wink nudge nudge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shakespeare master of dick jokes. He's a master of a lot of things. The English language may or may not be one of them. Jury's still out. Making up words in the English language, definitely one of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's too he's too new for us to have a good understanding of his repertoire and like have a good critical base to like, you know, judge him on. Yeah, for sure. He needs to come out with a couple more things and then we'll get a good sense of what he's all about. Thanks for listening, Willie Shakes. We're really looking forward to what you come out with next. I think, uh, you know, 
if you want to hit us up, if you want to like plug some new plays you're working on or anything, you know, we're here for you. Yeah, slide into our DMs like Duke Orsino. Yeah, we will have DMs at some point in time. <laughs> yeah, so Chantel, you've rated the hotness levels of the characters. Oh, yeah. So now I want you to rate on a scale of one to 10, the hotness level of this play. Okay. So I think this play is super hot. I think it's super hip and cool. I loved it a lot. Um, my only complaint is that Viola and Olivia spend so much time trying to get away from the patriarchy controlling them. They put in so much energy. They came so far and they tried so hard. And in the end, it didn't really matter because they got married to guys that they had basically just met. If they had married each other and started gardening and making clocks, they could have avoided the patriarchy forever indefinitely so that would be my only improvement if we were going to do a remake of 12th night slash she's the man um so i'm gonna rate it nine out of ten hotness that's good i think uh that's some really good constructive feedback june stop licking the carpet poor june leave her alone <laughs> june is my dog and she <laughs> licks the floor and the carpet and the asphalt. It's probably tasty. Have you licked it? You don't know. That's concrete, baby. She craves that mineral. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's a really good constructive um, criticism for our boy Really Shakes. I hope he takes it into account and gives us the queer content that we need and deserve. We love you, bisexual icon Willie Shakes. Thanks for listening to Unsighted. Don't forget to subscribe. We're super excited to be on five new platforms. Uh, we hope to see you in two weeks. And as always, we're excited, unavailable. He's kind of got a Li Shang moment when he's hanging out with Mulan as Ping. And then he's like, man, this guy Ping is kind of hot. And then he's like, am I gay? And then Mulan turns out to be a girl and he's like, no, I'm not gay. But maybe I'm a little gay. Like, that's what Orsino does. Yeah.